Welcome to Life at the Ballpark. On this episode, you'll hear the story of a former CNN news correspondent who covered the Gulf War and who now, as a baseball broadcaster, shares his perspective about the coronavirus pandemic and its impact on the sport he loves. And then remember it forever as a time where we were all stretched in different ways that we never had ever dreamed of in professional athletics. And then um, making sure we pass this down to children and grandchildren. Welcome to Life at the Ballpark, sharing stories from players, managers and coaches, writers and broadcasters about their lives around baseball, from the sandlots to the big league ballparks. Hi, I'm John Frost, and my guest today is Mike Caps of the Round Rock Express, the AAA affiliate for the Houston Astros, and who was seen by over 400 million people covering the Branch Davidian siege for CNN. Thanks, Mike, for sharing about your life at the ballpark. Oh, John, it's, uh, this is our second time to visit, and uh, I had so many great comments on that first one you did. It, it was, it was uh, spectacular, and I'm always happy to, happy to talk to you. Well, I appreciate you taking time uh, here on opening day, and probably <laughs> the most unusual opening day of our life. First of all, I want to give a little background for listeners on who Mike Caps is. Mike is the director of broadcasting for the Round Rock Express, which is in uh, Round Rock, Texas, just north of Austin. has been there. You're starting your 20th season, I understand. 21st. 21st. Well, let's, let's hope, let's hope let's, we play. Yeah, we're going to play. He's an award-winning radio and television news reporter and, and manager for CNN and ABC. He's the author of the book, The Scout, Searching for the Best in Baseball with legendary baseball scout Red Murph, which is its own interesting story. So here we sit. Baseball's on shutdown. The world is basically on shutdown. Tell me your perspective of what's going on. Well, I said this to somebody the other day, and I believe it's true. This earth is tired. It's really tired. When you look around and you see some of the things going on, the world is at each other's throats. I mean, and so while I regret that this, coronavirus is as deadly and as terrible as it is. Um, it's interesting to note also that uh, over in Vienna, they or in Venice, pardon me, they had a very polluted canal system. All the people came off the streets, and within 10 days, the canal system was hosting fish and wildlife and clear water. All that to say, I think this is a, a big time for us to reassess as we sit at home uh, where we are as human beings, reassess where we are in the world, mm-hmm. import, and really step up and, and, and set an example for people uh, with behavior that is becoming of what people expect from Americans worldwide. Does this compare at all to anything else that baseball's gone through? I mean, we've been through 9-11. We've been through player strikes, the work stoppage and player strike in 94 that eliminated the, the World Series. I even look I even look back at World War II, and it was interesting to know that uh, Judge Kenesaw Mountain Landis during the Second World War sent President Roosevelt 
a handwritten letter asking him if Major League Baseball should be suspended. And Roosevelt's answer was, I honestly feel that it would be best for the country to keep baseball going. In our lifetimes, in the lifetimes even of my parents and grandparents, we've never seen anything like this. Um, I, I do applaud ESPN and uh, CBS Sports. Uh, I applaud WFAN in New York City and some other radio stations around the country for, for playing games from the past. I'm really anxious to see Don Larson's no-hitter and perfect game from mm-hmm. the 1956 World Series, right. for instance. We'll see that again. It'll come up. Sure. Um, it, 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 again, it gives us a nice window to the past, the way things were. And I think, honestly, our game will come back and be as strong or stronger. It'll, it'll be a different set of circumstances, I think. I have no specific insights on this other than what I read just like everybody else does about what Major League Baseball is thinking. And all these plans, as we talk right now, are up in the air simply because we don't know um, when it's going to be safe for people to return in mass to ballpark. That's right. And, and I, think, I just think it's time for patience. It's time for a, a real sense of people just taking a step back and a deep breath and, and I keep using the word reorder. And I, I just think it's time to reorder everything about our lives and, and reassess. I mean, a lot of us are at midlife. A lot of us are a little past midlife, myself included. But it's for me and, and my wife, Karen, it's just been a great time to really go for really, really long walks and, and talk about our children and grandchildren and our hopes and inspirations and aspirations for them and uh, it, it, I just think it's a good time for people to take note of where they are and, and, and uh, if you're spiritual, thank God for what you have and uh, resolve to do better once this is over. I've read several uh, opinions on what they think may happen to the baseball season. One, one interesting one was uh, Agent Scott Boris has made a proposal to Major League Baseball that they are still able to play 162 games if we can begin by June 1st. And his thought process was that the postseason would drag on into Christmas. And it would obviously do it at neutral sites. It would either do it in dome stadiums or it would do it in warm weather climates. And, and I will say this. Our season uh, will most likely, I would think, now I have, again, I'm not privy to Branch Rickey in the Pacific Coast League uh, or any of the guys in the International League, AAA, uh, the two AAA leagues, I would think our season would have to closely dovetail the Major League season simply because they're going to need reinforcements because mm-hmm. they're not going to go through a typical spring training the way we've seen spring training go in the past. Uh, and, and so I think because of that, the likelihood of injury is higher. So AAA really does need to be up functioning. You know, for about as long as the major leagues are going. And so I don't know how long we can carry on down here. That's, that's, this happens at way different pay grades, uh, decisions like that. So I have no insight for you there, John. But, but I do think, uh, A, and first of all, we've got to get back to a situation where it's safe for people to go into ballparks and, and enjoy being out of doors. Uh, and, and, uh, again, thanking God in heaven for uh, bringing the game and life 
as we know it, back to us. Otherwise, I think it's, I think we're wasting our time as baseball. Uh, but we have to understand that personal safety for individuals and personal health uh, is tantamount uh, to the top priority of what, of what we're what we're all about in this country, and that is getting everybody healthy as much as possible before they begin uh, baseball. I mean, we can sit out baseball. I don't want to lose a season. No, no, no. But I think, obviously, it's going to be altered, and I think we have to go with the flow with whatever Major League decides and and uh, be there and enjoy it and then remember it forever as a time where we were all stretched in different ways that we never had ever dreamed of in professional athletics, and then um, making sure we pass this down to children and grandchildren. It's interesting, Mike. The The way that you've described it reminds me so much of right after 9-11. Uh, the, the, story, the, the story you may remember, you and I didn't know each other then, but you and I were actually in the same ballpark the night before 9-11. And, of course, the next day the world changed. Uh, and, and it reminds me of that time that went by right after 9-11 where we didn't have baseball, and obviously the concerns were which much more serious. And I can remember when President Bush went out on the mound at Yankee Stadium when it resumed, there was this surge of uh, so glad baseball was back and such a surge of patriotism that hit our country. Yeah. 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 And, and you know what? I think we're going to see that same sort of patriotism. I think we're going to see that same sort of verve once we crack, crank it back up, uh, surviving a possible threat from ISIS or whoever it was uh, that attacked uh, those three spots in the U.S. Uh, on a suicide mission is one thing. Uh, surviving a pandemic where literally millions of people in the world are affected and, and before it's over, millions in the U.S. will be affected one way or the other. It, it just puts a different perspective on it, doesn't it? Coming up, we'll hear from a man who's helping those with disabilities live out their dreams on the baseball field. And Mike Caps will share how his friendship with one Hall of Famer played a significant role in his development as a baseball broadcaster. That ball goes into the seat, into the hands of someone from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Well, no more idea. Where, who, who that guy was or where he was from or the lady or whoever it was. But, but he made it, he turned it in, into a, a little piece of himself. You're listening to this podcast because you have an interest in baseball. If you own a business, what do you think people who call you have an interest in? Yeah, your business. So you need a message on hold. Now, tell your callers about your products and services, locations and hours, special offers and more with a message on hold now. We've been providing telephone on-hold messages since 1992, and we can do one for you. Get your custom message on hold now at messageonholdnow.com. Messageonholdnow.com. And now back to my conversation with Mike Capps, former CNN correspondent, and now the voice of the AAA Round Rock Express. I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends. You went from a CNN correspondent to a baseball play-by-play announcer. Not many people do that. (laughs) 
And 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 one of the influences that you've shared with me over the years has been the 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 friendship that developed between you and Tigers broadcaster Ernie Harwell. Would you share a little bit of that story with? Me? Oh yeah, I mean uh, this goes all the way back to being nine years old and getting home from a little league game and taking a shower and tuning in my 12 transistor radio to whatever I could get. And in East Texas, where I was raised, you could get Ernie Harwell in Detroit. You could get Herb Carneal and Halsey Hall in Minneapolis, St. Paul with the twins. You could get um, Harry Carey and Jack Buck in St. Louis. You could get Wade, Wade Hoyt at uh, Cincinnati, the old pitcher who became a broadcaster for the Reds. Uh, and you could get my old buddy Bill Mercer doing minor league games. He later was the original voice of the Rangers. But Ernie's lilt, his southern drawl, his ability to paint word pictures, uh, and that little quirky thing he had when the ball's hit in the stands, he'd say, um, that ball goes into the seat, into the hands of someone from Ann Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> well, he had no more idea where, who that guy was or where he was from or the lady or whoever it was. But, but he made it, he turned it in, into a, a little piece of himself. And so I was always attracted to him. And when I got off into the business and I had the book, uh, and it was, it was, it just come out from a publisher. And I decided one day, I, was, I lived in Dallas and, and I decided I'm going to call Ernie's agent, Gary Spicer. Gary's uh, a native Michigan. Guy and I called him up and I got him on the phone, told him who I was. He said, "Yeah, I remember you from CNN." And I said, "I got to tell you, I would give my bottom dollar to talk to Ernie Park." He goes, "Are you serious?" I said, "Deadly serious." And he said, "I'll tell you what I'm going to do." And this is part of a. I'm giving you the little teeny snippets of about a ten minute, fifteen minute conversation with Gary Spicer. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to call Ernie and see if he's available." Well, John, you know, within three hours, my phone is ringing, and I hear, Mike, this is Ernie Highwell. <laughs> and off we went on a grand friendship. Ernie actually was a correspondent. He was in the U.S. Marines. He was a correspondent for um, Stars and Stripes magazine, the newspaper of uh, World War II. Hmm. And he was on the deck of the ship when the Japanese signed their surrender. A lot of people don't know that, but that's, and, and what we did, we, we'd talk about World War II and he'd say, tell me something about the Gulf War. Back and forth we'd go. Mm-hmm. My father, my late father-in-law, I used to do that. He was a Marine, a dive bomber pilot in World War II. And he, he'd want to know experience from the Gulf War as opposed to, I'll tell you some, when we attacked Guadalcanal, whatever. It was that kind of friendship that Ernie and I had. And I sent him an email when I found out he had cancer. John and I said, "Here's the situation. Um, I'm really worried about this." And I'm telling you, it wasn't 25 seconds later. He said, "It said, Michael. I have this email someplace in my phone. Michael, don't worry about a thing. It's all in God's hands. Mm. Love for money." We we all know the Fred Rogers quote when they're talking to him about about how do we talk to children? How do we talk to children about the bad things in the world? 
And he said, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. And my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And I see that even in the context of baseball. I see, I see um, players stepping up and offering to pay the salaries of the stadium workers who are not going to be going. Yeah. I see, uh, I see uh, on social media uh, just the other day, Joe Buck posted this thing that says, I have good news for you. We're all quarantined right now without any sports. He says, I'd love to get some practice rip, reps in. So send me videos of what you're doing at home, and I'll work on my play-by-play. Seriously. And so I've seen many announcers doing that with kids playing in the backyard, and they'll have Joe Buck or they'll have you know, any number of these people doing play-by-play just as, you know, as people come together. And it's, it's really... Uh, it's really an amazing thing to see. Well, it's tremendous, and it's certainly a good exercise in the art of doing play-by-play, I'll tell you that, mm-hmm. no doubt. Mm-hmm. Which, which translates nicely into our other guest on this podcast. His name is Bryce Weiler. Hi, Bryce. Thank you for sharing about your life at the ballpark. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me on. I've enjoyed hearing your voice while I was listening to St. Louis Cardinals pre spring training and you've been bringing batters up to the plate <laughs> well thank you bryce bryce is the co-founder and the national events facilitator for a project called the beautiful lives project he's worked with the baltimore orioles as a disability consultant he's helped the orioles become the very first team in sports to wear braille on their uniforms and bryce was born blind and so he has a unique perspective on uh, people with disabilities. And Bryce, you've really made it your life calling to give people with disabilities an opportunity to experience sports that they wouldn't have otherwise. Tell us about that. This sort of work with helping people to be able to experience sports and the other programs we do with the Beautiful Lives Project, that all stemmed from the former Evansville head men's basketball coach, Marty Simmons, giving me the opportunity to sit on his Evansville men's basketball bench when I was in college there from 2010 through 2014. That was all things that I dreamed about doing, sitting on the basketball bench and being a part of sports, but it was something that I didn't think that I would be able to do since I uh, cannot see. But once, once Coach Simmons gave me that opportunity, I wanted to give that back to individuals who are blind or having autism or in a wheelchair or whatever case that might be, and help them be able to live their dream in sports, but also in whatever else they might dream of doing, performing with a dance team, performing with a cheerleading team, doing art events, things such as that. John, you know, when you sit and listen to Bryce talk, and as Bryce knows, I'm a huge fan, and and Bryce and I have talked for years about his ambitions with Beautiful Life Project, Life Project, and uh, when you when you hear the verve in his voice and the passion, you know this guy was a born fighter. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you just don't give up, do you? I mean, from for a guy who you could say was born with two strikes against him, you have certainly learned to foul off pitches and stay in a bat, haven't you? Giving up and not trying my hardest would would let all the people win who didn't think I I could commentate games on the radio as a blind sports broadcaster or told me that I was wasting my time when I began figuring out how to contact the owners and presidents of sports teams because that is how I've gotten all of my jobs in my life, from becoming friends with the Baltimore staff to becoming able to work with the Beautiful Lives Project by contacting the owner of a, of a baseball team out, um, out by Hartford. 
and then being able to do that work with the Beautiful Lives Project. That's how I've I've been able to express what I've been able to do in my life and then what I hope to be able to do through typing and using what I'm able to do to share my my life with others through email and phone calls. Bryce, if someone wants to invite you to speak to their organization, how would they go about doing that? So people could contact me at Bryce at BeautifulLives.org. They could also call me or text me if they wanted. My phone number is 812-899-5673, 812-899-5673. If they want to learn more about me, type my name in to their favorite search engine, uh, Bryce Weiler, B-R-Y-C-E. W-E-I-L-E-R. There's, there's various articles and, and videos. And they can also look at our nonprofit website, www.beautifullives.org, beautifullives.org, which is where we have all sorts of videos, and they can read about all of our other staff members on the Who We Are tab, along with more information about me. Hey, John, you were talking uh, a, a minute ago uh, about helpers. And I heard Bryce on the air, I believe it was in St. Louis this last weekend, praising uh, people who work in restaurants and groceries, FedEx and UPS, people who are out there uh, fighting through this on the streets, fighting through uh, coronavirus on the streets, and delivering much-needed items to people. Bryce, you, you got to tell us your thoughts about that. I, I just thought it was awesome. I was speaking to my friend Tom Ackerman on his sports show on Sunday morning on KMOX, the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. And so often people think that someone has to be famous to really impact someone's life, like the famous coaches I know, Mike Capps, who is, who is pretty famous as well. But if it, if it wasn't for the students who helped me making it through my time at Evansville and then in graduate school with, with helping me, get my food in the cafeteria or spending countless hours shooting free throws with me and chasing the basketball down when I didn't shoot the ball hard enough and it bounced off the rim short and went to the other end of the court. If it wasn't for all of those people, I wouldn't have been able to do all of the things that I've been able to do throughout my life. So I've always really valued people who bring you food at restaurants or will sit you down at a table or the people doing the checkout line at the grocery store or stocking all of the shelves at the grocery store because if it wasn't for these individuals, our lives would not be the same. And before all these struggles happened, people just really didn't really talk to those people at the grocery store Mm -hmm. or at the restaurants probably as much as they did. But now they really see how valuable these individuals are. So now they are willing to to speak to them, but it shouldn't have been any different before. They're still doing their same life-changing roles, just more people in the world now value these roles. 
Well, I thought it was important during this time when baseball is on hiatus and and the country is up in evil and we're concerned about the health of our, our families and our neighbors and, and even being able to get in the car and go drive around. I really wanted to have the opportunity to share with a couple of people, Mike Caps and Bryce Weiler, people who, who care for their neighbors, people who do things in the community, and Bryce in particular, the programs that you have developed to, to give hope and opportunities to those with disabilities. And I just think it's a, a very admirable thing. And I, and I wish you all the best. And, and if people can help you out, I sure hope they will. Sounds great. Thank you, John, for having me on. Mike Caps and Bruce Weiler of the Beautiful Lives Project, thanks for sharing about your life at the ballpark. Be sure to listen each week for a new episode. I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends.